Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I would be Bill Knight. How are you? Day before Thanksgiving, can you smell the turkey? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm primed and ready to eat. I, I, I think everybody is. I I like I like the turkey, but there are other things on the table that get my attention more than the turkey. I lo- I like the stuffing. I like mm. uh, the mashed potatoes and the gravy. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, of course, is very dietetic. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was that line you said? Uh, three words? I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the diet, yes. <laughs> yes. Enjoy today. I'll start tomorrow. And then you have leftover oh. Friday. and then, well, B- Bill. Maybe Saturday. <laughs> w- one of the things about, about Thanksgiving that I really love, like you said, is the leftovers. My family makes great uh, turkey sandwiches and stuff like that, you know, for uh, by the time Sunday comes around Monday, I'm done with turkey, you know, I'm done. It's finished. Mm. Unless of course you have some more in your refrigerator. <laughs> then of course and then there you go. Oh, make yeah. an exception. Well, you know, I have a shirt tag in one shirt that I wear specifically after the holidays. It mm. on the label it says butterball, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you a man after my own recipe. Anyway, um, <laughs> a lot of things still going on in the news, even though it's the holidays. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, isn't that when a lot of the major stuff happens on holidays? It's when always they drop the news bombs that are going on, and I'm expecting them. I know the Biden family, they're in, uh, they're in uh, disarray right now. And Peril and well, Joe is calling out everybody to, to help them out. The media to the rescue, of course. But the Bidens, and, um, uh, uh, they're going to go uh, retreat, to, I don't know if you know this or not, to the uh, to an estate in Nantucket, a $30 million dollar estate in Nantucket for Thanksgiving. Well, everybody else is trying to figure out whether to have the turkey or get a gallon of gasoline. Joe and his family are packing up old Air Force One with their, all their goodies, you know, and flying up to Nantucket to uh, spend the holidays in a, in a palatial estate. You know, we've always been jealous in this country of the royals, you know, the royals. We apparently are so jealous that we've taken clowns like Biden (laughs) and turned them into our royals. We do that all the time. You know, when when something happens in England, like they have Mm -hmm. a coronation or somebody passes away, a royalty passes away, it's Mm wall-to-wall coverage over here. It's wall-to-wall coverage like it affected us, too. The queen has died. Well, it Coverage. Didn't because we we escaped from them. I know. I and know. what they're all about. So what the hell is the attraction? Do you think maybe our uh, ancestors, ancestors would be ticked off at us for uh, doing that? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. But, you know, oh, we got to check it. We got to keep up with the royals. And, you know, don't you think that, not for one minute, that they don't still have you know, at least a thread or a string that they hold on to to lead us around when they need and have to. You know, we're still attached by the teat, I guess you could say, to England mm. in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Well, and look at World War One. They need, you know, they fought many years of the war without us, but when they need to close the deal and they didn't have uh, the punch to do so, they convinced us to join the war and to uh, and to, and to give them that punch, and that's how so they won. So, are we their black sheep? Are we the black sheep child? Uh, England? You can you probably could say that. Yeah, okay. I don't Just think asking, I don't think you know? I I don't think they look at us right now and think we're all grown up. You know what I'm saying? I think England right now looks over at us and and seeing the turmoil that we're having politically. And I don't think they respect us for the country that we really are. I, I don't well, mean that. I don't mean every person in England, mind you. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the government kind of thinks that we're like the, the stupid child. <laughs> you know, uh, well, they're, they're at know, it again. And, and I would say to them, looking at the news, like father, like son. You know, no. I mean, because uh, in, and don't don't yell about my backyard when yours is a mess too. What when I heard somebody say, and I'm not sure. I think it was Piers Morgan said. Uh, well, you know, at least when we have a problem with our our executive branch, our prime minister, we can get rid of them quickly. You guys have to wait four yeah. years. 
And and there's good and bad in that. I mean, look at they just turned over two prime ministers in like three months. You know, they actually yeah. they turned over three when you think about it. Yeah, you know, you, you don't need a revolving door. Well, actually, we could borrow that revolving door right now. <laughs> yeah. Put it well. to some good use because, you know, that's been a debate a lot. People sit there and go, we got to get rid of Bo Joe Biden. Well, what do we got? Oh, no, we got Kamala. Uh-huh. We, we don't want Kamala. No, we don't want Kamala. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, and I hear women saying, well, maybe Hillary, you know, and I'm sitting there, you don't want oh. Hillary. Um, amazing. But, she just you know, keeps Hillary rearing. Has, she keeps rearing her head, Bill. She won't go away. She's going to run again. I totally believe it. Unless yeah, I, I think so. Unless something dramatic well, the Democrats, happens. The Democrats are in. Um, oh, I don't know what. What do you call it? But uh, right now they're in a frenzy because Trump released that he is going to run in twenty twenty four. The first candidate to do that, and now they're going. They're they're scrambling around. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Let's throw some dirt, 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 mud. You mud, know, mud. They, he they didn't still get, don't know what they're doing. He didn't get off the stage before they were throwing dirt. I mean, literally, yeah. he was up there saying and not making his announcement. They're already trying to knock him down. Of course, mm -hmm. with the help of mainstream media. Mainstream media is a joke. There was a time when mainstream media could be counted on as the neutral arbiter, the person you could turn to to get the facts as to what was going on, but nobody can turn to mainstream media anymore and think of them as being neutral. Well, you know, yeah, the, the Democrats, Joe Biden, they have the media and they have the federal government as their muscle to back them up because it's been politicized. What do you call that guy that, uh, you know, I guess in the Royals, the guy that blows the horn and makes the announcement and you know, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I I think he's called the I think I think he's called the royal blowhard. <laughs> I don't know what he's called, Bill. I don't, well, I, you know that would be the media here, the royal pains and the blowhard. But you know, <laughs> well, they, they make their announcement, they blow their trumpet, and then they you I know got a, I got a question for crap. you. Do you ever think that we'll be in a situation where the media is considered to be neutral again? Do you ever nah. think that we'll have? A country where you can turn to the media for an honest, objective evaluation. Well, let me ask you a question uh, to answer your question. Have we ever had a truly honest media going way, way back? Because the only thing that's different now is that we have this thing called social media, the electronic age. Well, that's Other a good question. That, Even back in the days of the Revolutionary War in colonial right. America, we had a partial and partisan media. We had a media that was trying to sell a story. You know, it, the the difference was was the method of how they did it. They, you know, either they they did it through a newspaper or they did it on a soapbox, and the town crier would scream out the uh, the headlines. You know, all is well. There he is, also. the town crier. That's what I was looking for. Oh, well, you know, there you the go. Crier. We stumbled into the right answer. Isn't that amazing? We finally did, yeah. But um, Well, I, I, I don't think we, we've ever had a tr truly neutral news. Although, when I was first in broadcasting, uh, local news and things like that were pretty impartial. I mean, uh, we I worked at some radio stations. I knew the news people. I listened to the news. Mm -hmm. Now, I was not very politically uh, astute at the time. I mean, I was a young rock and roll disc jockey interested in what the next song was going to be coming out of the news. I wasn't paying really close attention to the content like I do today. Uh, so you were living your dream. Yeah, I was living my dream. I was in rock and roll heaven, as they would say, just just playing those stacks of wax back to back. Yes. So, so I'm wondering, you know, there, there are people from abroad that have come over to chase the American dream. They're focused and they, they do well. Mm-hmm. But we here seem to get uh, lost in the minutia, and is the American dream nothing more than a distraction to us from what's really going on? You know, well, you know, we sold the American dream, and then we, you know, we're we're so focused on it, we don't see what's going on around us. Well, you think about it. Let's talk about things like like income tax. When income tax mm -hmm. was initiated, it was supposed to be a small portion of your income. It wasn't supposed to be all-encompassing. It was supposed to be... Right. Uh, it was supposed to be min minimal and structured. Well, it, it has grown into something which is unbelievable. If you look at the tax code right now, our income tax code, 
You can't read it. You can't understand it. There are laws that, that negate other laws, that negate other, uh, other laws. You sit there and try to figure out the tax code. I've, I've, I've been audited in my lifetime, and uh, I always send my accountant because it's a language I don't understand. If I went and tried to represent myself, it would be like going into a, a, a courtroom in France and not knowing French and trying to defend myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that's purposeful, you know, for them, you know, it, it, it keeps you, um, under their thumb because so, you don't know how to handle it. But look, at, going back to the original thing we were talking about is that that was like 1913, 19, it was in the teens, early 20th century when they initiated the income tax and it has grown in the, into this monster quietly under the radar People not paying a lot of attention. All they know is that throughout the years, things started to change, and they started to pay more and more money. And now they're talking about eighty-seven thousand armed IRS agents to uh, added to the payroll of the IRS. Why are they arming him? What do, what do they need to arm an IRS agent for? Give them a a pencil and a piece of paper, and they can and a calculator. They're supposed to be able to tell you how much you owe. Not to have a well, that a doesn't gun work anymore because we're on to the scam. So they got to have guns now. Uh, what was the original reason for an income tax? Uh, the original, I guess, to help finance our country and its growth. Was it to finance the country, or was it war or anything like that? No, no war. War. They had bonds. They had bonds back in <laughs> World War One. They had war bonds in World War Two. You know, the patriotic thing was buy war bonds. Be uh, patriotic and help support our effort in Europe and help the boys overseas. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the money, the income tax was supposed to help the country grow. See, they fed, states were making money locally, but the federal government was saying, well, we need a way to raise money nationally. And I guess until uh, before income tax, they claimed they didn't have that process. By having an income tax, everybody was contributing to the growth of the country, which was, which was considered. And at the time, people understood it. People figured, oh, I can give a mm-hmm. few bucks. I can give a few bucks to the government. Yeah, a few but, bucks. Right, but you know, the growth of the country. Uh, are you are you happy with your investment? Are you happy with the growth? Are you happy with the way they're spending the money? Are you happy with what your representatives are doing with your money? Oh, my gosh. Bill. Because they're always asking for more money. You know, war in the Ukraine. Well, we need to sit there and finance the Green New Deal so that we can have windmills that catch fire in the, in the prairies. And uh, we can sit there and, oh, you got a gas car? Well, it's not going to be valuable or worth its salt anymore in about five or ten years because we're doing away with them. Well, yeah, you'll have an electric car. Well, yeah, the batteries cost about thirty-five, forty thousand dollars, and that technology is really not all there yet. We'll change that, and that'll be a paperweight for you too. So you know, it's like, come on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they they've ch- constantly changed the game. Am I happy with how they u- they've used our money? Absolutely not. I was thinking as you were talking about that not too long ago in my life, like back in the nineties. They talked about a $3 trillion national debt as being overwhelming for our grandchildren, $3 trillion. I think the national debt now is multi-trillion dollars already, and, uh, and there's no talk of stopping it. Aren't we at $31 trillion right now? We wouldn't and there's confusion me. with the debt. Uh, yeah, there, there's, well, there's $31 trillion, the, the debt deficit. See, they play a numbers game too with different names for everything. Yeah. You know, and then, then you have Joe out there, you know, when you sit there and you see this $31 trillion mark, I'm the only president who's ever lowered it by $1.7 trillion. Let me say that again. Yeah. $1.7 trillion. Show me the money, Joe. Show me the money that you saved. Or are you just sitting there doing what you've done all your life? And tell a big fat lie. Let's talk about, and I know I sometimes sound like a broken record, but let's talk a bit about the southern border and uh, what they're doing. <laughs> Texas has has uh, declared an invasion, and just yesterday, I guess, the National Guard is in, in place on the border. Mm-hmm. And they're not down there just with, you know, jeeps. 
They sent tanks down. They sent tanks to the border uh, in Texas. I, I was amazed. It's not the big, you know, big uh, uh, M. Abrams, you know, tank. It's a smaller tank, but it's still a tank and it's still on their border. And, uh, uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't slow the Biden administration down. They've decided that the process of coming into the country is slowed because they come across the border and then they're processed. So what they're doing now, effective yesterday, I guess, is they're going to be going into Mexico. The U.S. is going to go into Mexico and, and they will clear people who are illegally coming across the border before they get to the border. Think about that for a second. They're going to make it easier for illegals to commit the crime of coming across our border by going into Mexico and pre-screening them. So they're going to preempt yes. the line of defense yes. to sit there and get their political way that they want. And we got 10 million plus illegals now. Let's see if we can get that number up to, oh, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 million. You know, there's only 320 million people in the United States. You know, in in the next two years, uh, we we could be we we could be foreigners in our own homeland. Now the good news is if you were paying attention to President Trump mm -hmm. when he made his announcement, he said, Don't worry, when I'm president, we'll we'll send them back. And people thought for a second, what, what did he say? I, I do think there's a faction in our country that has kept track about where these people are. They're not, I hope so. They're not roaming as free as you think, and that uh, under the right circum circumstances, they will be deported because, because they are illegally in our country. But we have a guy named Mayorkas, right, who denies uh, – he denies – with a straight face, looking it into the camera, he will say the border is secure. Listen. Secretary Mayorkas, uh, Mr. McCall said the border is wide open. Director Ray testified about an elevated threat of guns and money and um, drugs uh, across the border. Uh, Mr. Guest laid out a lot of the details about the record-breaking numbers and, I, and he, he ended up having to talk more than get an answer from you on something. I just want to ask you, I, I've heard you in the Judiciary Committee recently in the summer testify that the border is secure. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. Right. Thanks, you sir. Have so, you have remarkable. I, I, I get it. I just wanted to make sure that that's, it, that still is your uh, your assessment. It, Director very, Ray, it is, and it's very important, if I may. Well, I don't. I, I know there's just not enough time for a lot of explanation, and you've got written testimony and so forth. I just wanted to understand that's your position still. I think it is a um, it is a, a a position that denies reality, respectfully. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to say no. I think the situation's changed, or something like that. Director Ray, uh, do you believe that the border is secure? Well, I can only speak to border security from our narrow lane, but, but I can speak to it from that lane. Uh, what I would say is that we see uh, significant criminal threats coming from south of the border, uh, whether it's guns, drugs, uh, money, violence. We see transnational criminal organizations uh, that are sending their drugs here and that are using street gangs here to distribute it, and that contributes to the violent crime crisis here. Uh, we've had takedowns just in the last few months uh, that I could give you as an example. You know, I'll give you just one quick one. You know, in Phoenix, we uh, had a takedown working with CBP, who are phenomenal partners, I should add, uh, where we seized in one vehicle interdiction enough fentanyl to kill the equivalent of the entire state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's That's very troubling. One vehicle interdiction. Thank you, Director Ray. Director Abizade, uh, does the NCTC assess? a significant threat from the historic level of uncontrolled crossing at the southern border? Thank you. Uh, we don't, actually. Uh, border security is really important. If we look at the nature of the threat and how it's evolved here in the United States homeland, it's been striking how the evolution to lone actors actually reflects how much more difficult it is for terrorists to enter into the United States. We look historically at the kind of attacks we've experienced here in the homeland, 
None of them have been connected to um, major illegal crossings or otherwise from the southwest border. Right. That said, Ray, it remains a top intelligence priority. Director Ray spoke to that earlier about what has historically been true. It makes me mindful of the two, of the of the 9/11 report, that chapter that said the system is was blinking red. It was a failure of the United States government agencies to anticipate a, a threat that should have been obvious to everyone. So it troubles me that the official response is, we don't think that's much of a threat. We have an unprecedented number of people coming across the border. We, a lot of them are being interdicted, but released into the United States without enough scrutiny. A whole lot more apparently coming in without being interdicted at all. And the answer, the official answer is, mm, we don't think there's a terrorism problem there. Just hadn't happened in the past. Uh, I think, unfortunately, we're going to find out if it happens in the future. That's Representative Dan Ray, uh, Dan Bishop, rather, talking to Christopher Ray from the FBI and uh, mm-hmm. also Mayorkas and Abizade, uh, all of which were trying to baffle everybody with BS. The, the mere fact that everybody can see what's happening on the border Every day we see tens of thousands of people crossing at will. Uh, it, it's, the answer is self-explanatory. It's, it's porous. It's open, and people are coming across. There is no security. And you know, Bill, another story, which is kind of connected, is mm-hmm. the elections. Not oh. only our elections, but the elections in, in Brazil. And I do think yeah. there's a correlation. People say, well, how can there be a correlation between our elections and the Brazilian elections, and I would point to, and this is just my speculation, but it would be the machines. There's, there's, you know, if if you can, if you can use the internet to get into voting machines in one country, why can't you use the internet to go into voting machines in another country? Is there a cabal out there of people who are trying to influence elections globally, not nationally, but globally? They did it with some success, I believe, in the United States. Uh, And it wasn't the first time they did it, by the way, in 2020. I think they've been doing it for for decades in some form or another. Well, the elections are uh, on the forefront of the news right now with Fetterman and PA because uh, there's a charge now, a a claim that, oh, gee, you know, half of the uh, mail-in ballots in uh, PA for Fetterman? Mm Mm-hmm were fraudulent votes, which means if that's true, they were fake votes. That means the Democratic Party was involved with, oh, election fraud. Imagine that. And I believe there's there's some kind of a a court process underway or some kind of uh, look by that. So maybe it's not over in Pennsylvania either. Um, Steve Bannon was talking with a a journalist Mm -hmm about Brazil. Steve Bannon thinks that Brazil is maybe the biggest story in the world right now, and we're just not paying attention to it. It's that important because there are literally millions of people still in the streets protesting the elections. Listen. The biggest story in the world today, of all the big stories, it is the people of Brazil. Or in the, this beyond the Bolsonaros. Talk to us, yes. Matthew, why, and I talked to people over the weekend, people who are liberal media people and saying, hey, what's weird, it's not being covered by the Brazilian media, and they confirmed your, that there's tens of millions of people in the street, they've never seen anything like it, and they go, it's eerie. Not just the world not talking about it, the Brazilian media is not talking about it. Matthew Tiermont. Well, the Brazilian media, you know, I said in one of my articles that Brazil has a CNN problem the same way we do with uh, Globo is their sort of mainstream media outlet uh, behemoth powerhouse. And they work hand in glove, not even with the government, just with the, the communist Supreme Court, Lula's Lula's friends. You know, when the Supreme Court says you're not even allowed to talk about Lula's corruption scandals between the first and second round, lest people might get the wrong idea, misinformation. Everybody in the country knows. The dude was convicted, sentenced to 12 years, three separate convictions, and this court unilaterally revoked his sentences, put him on never-ending appeal, annulled his sentence, and then expunged his record. Because Brazil's got a law in the book that says you cannot run for public office if you have a conviction, if you have a felony conviction. Well, he had three, and there would be many more if they kept trying him, and they annulled and expunged all of it to get him on the playing field, and the Brazilian mainstream media see no evil, hear no evil, the alternative media, the Citizens Free Press, the Gateway Pundits, the CDM Press, where I write with Todd Wood, uh, those Brazilian corollaries, they've been censored. They've been shut down, Govan Pond, with millions of followers. And the, the crazy thing is, 
the numbers of people on the street. I said with you on Friday, and I've said it in some other media hit that this is, you know, this brings back memories of the people in the street uh, fighting Soviet communists in the late 80s. The Berlin Wall was coming down. You know what? This is orders of magnitude bigger. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the largest street demonstrations in human history. 220 million people built, and we've got tens of millions of people. Every city, every region has tons of people on the street and it's not being reported. I spoke to one of my Swedish media contacts this morning and I said, you know, you need to start covering this in Sweden. They go, cover what? They have no idea. Oh, we thought Lula won. That's what we saw in the Western press. It's it's a Brazilian spring. How do do people follow you, keep up the story? We're going to have you back on to do a more detailed breakdown. The Mexico CPAC was all over this. This is the biggest demonstration in history for democracy. And right. it's, it's beyond the Bolsonaro's. It's not about the Bolsonaro's. It's about people, some of whom can barely read, staying up for their constitution and their right to have their vote counted. Uh, there was one big thing that happened Friday night. You and I talked about it over the weekend after we got off the air. Uh, a, a senior general, well-respected by all, General Moraes, tweeted a, a condemnation of the Supreme Court's action. When you have a senior general tweeting something that, a shot across the bow like that, that ain't a unilateral action. That is, the generals are talking and they're saying they know what happens. If Lula gets seated, then Brazil is Venezuela. And a year from now, it's Chavismo, the uh, the transition head for Lula. She's a Sao Paulo forum hack. She said, we need to protect Brazilian democracy like we need to protect Maduro's democracy. Well, if Maduro doesn't run a democracy and the generals know it, they'll be the first ones into the gulag. And then the other thing, and this is on my social media, you have to check out, is their videos from Sao Paulo yesterday, Sunday afternoon, people in the street taking video of the boxes of the voting machines being moved out into trucks. Brazilian law says 60 days from when the election is held, they have to stay in place for yeah. possible audit. Well, just like the election Georgia, was sto- yeah, the election was stolen. That's journalist uh, Matthew Tiermond on the war room with Steve Bannon. He called the protest yeah. in Brazil the largest pro-democracy protest in history. And Tiermond uh, shared a video of voting machines being illegally removed ahead of a potential recount. Also, he showed a video of bundles of trash being taken out of these buildings, and in the trash were legal votes that hadn't been processed. There's a lot of similarities between what's happening down there and what's happening up here. You know, Hollywood, they always, you know, toy with time travel. A portal, a look into the future, a look into yeah. the past. Yeah. <laughs> take uh, take this news story as a portal in time of a look into the future for us. And right now there's a story that's uh, out in mainstream media today uh, that the, the Democrats are censoring uh, the media. And, of course, the media, you know, is compliant to it, too. So it's happening right here, right now. We're on the cusp of uh, what's going on there. And communism is knocking at our doorstep. Speaking of uh, looking to the future, we talked about the demonstrations down in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Okay. Patriots in Arizona are demanding a redo of the 2022 general election. They've organized a protest near the Arizona Capitol this Friday at 9 a.m. And throughout the weekend, before the counties canvass the results. By the way, some of the counties still haven't uh, certified their, their tabulations. The protests will include a peaceful gathering and opportunities to hold signs and banners on highways across the state. The Arizona election was an uncertifiable mess. That's that's for darn sure. So there are protests forming in Arizona, and who knows how big they're going to be and whether or not they're going to grow. It would be very big, but let me ask you this question. Do you think, now they claim it's going to be peaceful, and I think they, in their hearts, it's going to be peaceful. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, January 6th was peaceful from our side, but boy, it was made into something and showcased to something that was an insurrection, which it was not, as a matter of fact, if you sit there and look and do your homework, it was n- not even close. But are is are they going to manipulate it? Is there going to be something that breaks out? Uh, well, like, okay, gun violence has been in the news uh, another story from uh, what Chesapeake, Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. or uh, Virginia? Yeah, uh, nine people killed. Well, at least uh, you know we got the gunman, so we can sit there and go, okay, let's see what his motives really were. Oh wait, he's dead. Oh, how so about now, the, how about the gunman at the gay bar in Colorado Springs? I think it was over the weekend, and they made it sound like uh, 
it was a conservative right-wing wacko who went in right. with a gun and shot it. Come to find out it was a transgender who used different pronouns who went in there with a gun and did the shooting. Yeah. So Well, maybe they learned from uh, this uh, that, that situation with the, uh, you know, they, they want guns in the news. They want to get rid of guns. And I think a lot of the gun violence stories and what you have happening, um, there's more to the picture than, you know, than you might think there is. And you really got to take a close look and see what's going on here because we are being manipulated in so many different ways and don't think we're not. When January 6th happened, the advantage that the left had was that they, they own Congress. So mm-hmm. they were able to use these past two years to uh, make it sound like uh, what happened on January 6th was equal to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. And I'm not kidding you. They said that. They compared, mm-hmm. they compared, I think it was, uh, what's Kamala. her face? Kamala said, Kamala. Yeah, yeah, there are things that you'll remember like 9-11, Pearl Harbor, and January 6th. Trust well, me. Well, I know sure as hell I wouldn't remember because I wasn't born then. And gee, Kamala, unless you're fessing up to uh, something, you know, um, you weren't born then either. either. Well, so. the good news is now that the Congress is switching to another party, to the opposition party, you're going to hear the other side of the story. And I'm going to play for you a montage of, uh, of stuff put together by Congressman Matt Gates, mm-hmm. And in this, you'll hear him say what he suggests uh, should happen uh, uh, with regard to the January 6th committee. Good evening. Earlier this week, I received a positive COVID diagnosis. Per CDC guidelines, I've received the initial two shots and all of the boosters. Thus far, I've been blessed to experience very minimal symptoms. Because I'm still quarantined, I cannot participate in person with my colleagues. I've asked our vice chair, Ms. Cheney, to preside over this evening's hearing, including maintaining order in the room and swearing in our witnesses. The select committee has told the story of a president who did everything in his power to overturn an election. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not not tell the American people no? It's unequivocally false. It's what the emails show. It is unequivocally false, Senator. Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? Gentleman's time has expired. And you know what? The Republicans aren't worth anything if on our first day in control of the House of Representatives, we don't release every second of the video footage that will exonerate our patriots. I was there. If it had been up to me, I would have shot some of these people in the head. If anyone posits to be the leader of our party and our movement, they cannot stand for the swamp and the establishment and the bureaucratic permanent state. And if Kevin McCarthy will not allow us to be able to find out these answers, he should not be the leader of the Republican conference. Those that broke in the Capitol were wrong and should be dealt with. And that's exactly what we have in the process that the police, the FBI, to deal with. Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? Last week's violent attack on the Capitol was undemocratic. Un-American and criminal. Well, Kevin McCarthy has said he would disband the January 6th Select Committee. I would repurpose it. I would take their snarky little Twitter account and I would pump out 14,000 hours of video so the American people could see what really happened. I did not seek this fight, but I will not shrink from it either. I will stand in this breach. I will defend this nation. I'll allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of democracy. People got locked up, got put in solitary confinement because Joe Biden wanted to scare the American people that anyone that was mad was a threat, and we will not allow these violations to go unanswered. Let me promise you, we will not do anything worse to President Biden than what all of you did to President Trump. And, you know, uh, this is the opposition that McCarthy's facing right now, and he's really fighting 
to uh, win over the people who question him being the Speaker of the House. He's saying that he's going to uh, go after uh, Nancy Pelosi and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. You can make a lot of promises to a lot of people before you get their vote to do something. But once you get into the position of power, sometimes people renege on that. That happens a lot. That happens a Mm -hmm. lot in government. They promise you the world and give you nothing, you know? And now McCarthy, you have to remember that when uh, January 6th happened, he really showed his true colors with regard to his relationship and his support of President Trump. He got up in front of the world and said he was done with Trump. I'm done, you know? And and he, he didn't stand there side by side and support the president. And you know, he knew, I don't give a darn what people say, he knew that President Trump had offered the troops to Pelosi and offered to, to protect the Capitol. And he knew that the president had said, go peacefully and patriotically. I mean, anybody who is, well, let me put it to you this way. If you look at President Trump's recently reactivated Twitter account, you will see the tweet messages that President Trump put out to the public on January 6th to be peaceful, to respect the Capitol Hill police. All of these things are there again. I don't trust McCarthy. I, I, I think that, you know, he's, you know, his allegiance changes with the wind. Whichever way it blows, that's the way he goes. But I, I almost believe that the left. You know, like they called us election deniers. Just accept it. Yeah. Accept it. Yeah. Accept this. But you know what? They are going to be truth deniers because we're going to be sitting there going, here's the truth. There's the video. Yeah. They're not going to want to see it. They will not watch it because then that would be admitting, oh, you were right and we were wrong. Now you can't do that. We're not wrong. We're Democrats. We're never wrong. So, yeah, they're going to be truth deniers. deniers you know, the January, the, truth. the January 6th committee hired, mm-hmm. I believe, the former president of ABC News to produce yes. to produce the hearings. Now, why would you hire an entertainment person to produce a congressional hearing? It's because you well, want Jim, to shape a message. That's yeah, all. That's exactly it. You, you've written scripts. You know how it works. Oh, yes. You know how you can shape... You can take film, you can take audio, yes, and you can arrange it a certain way and pose it a certain way, and you you can sit there and do that with dramatic music, little impact statements that punctuate your visual or audible message. Well, give me an example. And it makes it as if you're telling the truth, and you're not you're you're making them form the opinion, but the way you want it to be formed. Let's say you said the words, "You do that again, and I'll kill you." I mean, I won't kill you, but I'll. I'll really be angry. What they can do with that line is they can just have, you do that again and I'll kill you. Cut. The rest of it where I said, but I, I don't mean I'll kill you. I'll be very angry. You know, and qualified what I was saying. They take the qualifier off the message. So all you hear is, you do that again and I'll kill you. That's what they do with the media. That's the things mm-hmm. that they do all the time in the press. If President Trump says something, they will they will clip half an answer to get the answer that they want. Do you know? They'll make him look mm-hmm. like he's he's saying something he's not saying. They anyway. do that all the time. They doctor the audio. They doctor the videos. They take photos, and they document them, too. And they do whatever they can to sit there and manipulate the story. They bring forward, forward anybody uh, that's got a grudge. And let's take their their words and, and uh, make them as if they're gospel, and they, you know, they're just angry people out there for no cause. You mentioned Kevin McCarthy, and you're not being uh, a fan of Kevin McCarthy. I'm not either, by the way, because I think he's no. a d- duplicitous so and so, swamp dweller. Uh, but Matt Gates said, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't do what Kevin McCarthy suggested and and completely dissolve January 6th. I'd repurpose it." He said, I would release thousands of hours of video that they have of January 6th, which support the good people who were at uh, the January 6th protest. I I think they've got to also address, Congress has got to address those poor people who were in jail 
in the D.C. gulag. They say, by the way, right. that's maybe the worst prison in the United States. It's awful. It is, and they need to be released. But you know what? Releasing that video, I guarantee you can mark my words on this. Yeah. Uh, we take over Congress. Let's say that we released all that video, the pro video, the raw, unfiltered cut video. Yeah. And put it out there. Yeah, I guess I have to ask the media directly will you air it? Will you show it in its entirety without cutting away? I mean, you did for Liz Cheney and. She's such a patriot. Yeah. She's such a fine person. Nobody loves her, but she's such a patriot. You know. How many days did the media how many days did the media dedicate to running wall to wall coverage of the January sixth committee hearings? Days. Well are we gonna get that yeah. if they were to continue it under Republican leadership? Well, what does a network commercial on the cable or the national broadcast go for for 60 seconds oh because you that whole committee is all the time that they showed is a commercial as far as i'm concerned so let's just say that you know primetime football what is it, a couple hundred thousand bucks uh a minute sometimes even more than that in the i know in the super bowl is millions so do the cost per point and uh to be fair and look at their ratings on it and uh come up with a uh, rate card and sit there and say well, here you go, guys. You either air it or you make a a cash donation for this amount, you know, and if if you don't want to do it, the stations that aired it that do hold FCC licenses then are become responsible for paying the foot. You know, and that sounds like a mean thing to say from a guy in the media, but look, if you're complicit in this thing, if you if you sat there and and were a part of it, then you know. That's like being at the scene of the crime and holding the door open for yeah. a thief, yeah. you know? The obvious indication that the media is on the side of the left is if they have uh, an, a new January 6th committee and they do a more, uh, a more deep and detailed uh, dive into all of the, the things that happened on January 6th, whether the media will cover it. If all of a sudden it's crickets, it's self-explanatory. You can just you know as a fact that they're one-sided. They supported they supported going after President Trump. But when all of a sudden the January sixth committee was actually going after the truth and not President Trump, then they will quietly disappear into the night. Down in Arizona, with mm -hmm. all with all the turmoil they're having in their elections, you know, in twenty twenty when they had problems, the national GOP all of a sudden packed up their bags and left and went to some resort somewhere on a, on a, on a conference slash, uh, retreat. Uh, and they, right. they pull up all of their assets in Arizona in 2020 when they should have been there working hard to get answers. They were gone. The national GOP and people thought, well, maybe that was just coincidence. Well, apparently they did the same thing during the midterms too. Uh, when they should have left everybody in place, all of their assets in Arizona to help support uh, Carrie Lake and the other people who may have gotten shafted by uh, the corrupt left, they mm -hmm. pulled up their stuff and left too. And uh, yeah, well. so it's deja vu all over again. You know, yeah. They, well, if they don't see it, they're not there to witness it. Can't be. That's eh, just uh, it's your story. But a lot of people question the leadership of uh, Rona Romney McDaniel. I she's, don't. Care she's a relative. She she's, she's a niece of of uh, Mitt Romney. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. She was placed into a job, and they both need to be uh, kicked out of D.C. on their tuchus. You know, is is all I got to say. Speaking of being kicked out of uh, D.C. on his tuchus. Um, Fauci had his final press conference uh, with the media yesterday. He's uh, retiring, I guess, at the end of the year. And it got a little crazy. It got a little wild in the press conference. <laughs> I got to play. This is the actual audio. Karine Jean-Pierre trying to herd the cattle in the uh, press room. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, she's only certain good questions. questions. You're not being no, 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 no
you ask your question, you should allow her to ask the measure. She's Jeremy, the origin of COVID-19. It is not, it is not your turn. You can't, you can't bring a press briefing. You need to call from people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asked about the origin of COVID-19. I hear the question. Dr. Fauci is the best person I, to answer. I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is the disrespect. It is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. See, the, the problem there was that Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre and uh, Dr. Fauci were being asked a legitimate, difficult question about the origin of the COVID virus. And Corrine mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre was uh, playing defense. She was protecting She was protecting uh, Dr. Dr. Fauci. Fauci. Yeah. So, well, you know, my, my word to Corrine is, uh, we're done with you, Corrine. <laughs> you know, just in case you want to know, we're done with you and your tap dance. You're not a good dancer. Oh. Uh, I don't think you ever were. Speaking of the vaccine, though, uh, apparently uh, there are military, uh, there are questions now. They're being, uh, they're questioning the military about the vaccine, where that's going. I don't know. But if, you know, if they're talking about the health of the soldiers and whatnot, uh, that could be a very interesting thing. Hell, that could be bigger than the uh, the commercials you'll see for uh, Camp Lejeune. Well, you young know. young people are dying from apparently uh, myocarditis from the mm-hmm. COVID shot, and people are dismissing it like it's it's a rare thing. It's but it's happening all around the world. That being said. This is the Biden COVID czar yesterday. But the but all the science and all the evidence we have suggests that we're probably going to need to update our vaccine again next year and uh, and have Americans get vaccinated again next year. Right now, our focus is let's get Americans protected this fall and winter with the updated COVID vaccines we have. Can you believe that? Think about it for a second. They want you to get more shots and you want they want you to get it every year now, every mm-hmm. because there's going to be an updated vaccine. An updated vaccine. Uh, I, f- I got my two shots when they said two and you're done. I got the two shots. I think it's two more than I should have gotten. Because I know right. a lot of people like yourself who didn't get it. And, and you are uh, as healthy as a horse. Kind of look like. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I had my little bout the other day. And, you know, there, there was something you mentioned with that, that shot, which I've never gotten. That was discussed with me. Now, I will really? tell you this. The blood work came back, and everything was fine. The heart's fine. Everything is fine. We don't know really what caused it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, you know, the enzymes, everything was, was spot on perfect. But a, con- a malady that you mentioned that goes along with the COVID shot is was discussed. And I'm going, I never had the, the, oh, the, really? Shot. They talked about a malady that goes with the shot? Ooh, wow. Oh, well, you know, when I was talking to the doctor, I write yeah. down notes. Yeah. And I write down a lot of notes. But there you can see it up there with uh, the check marks. Uh, it is one of the uh, possibilities mm-hmm. that uh, could have done the uh, condition. And the only shot that I've gotten in the past six weeks the flu shot yeah and that was it but that, that's there's other that's more of a, that's more of a vaccine bill that. that's more of a real uh vaccine the that's flu a shot. real vaccine yeah. i would say you know unless somebody you know tainted the waters but you know there's a lot of different things that are going on out there that we don't know about so uh i, I don't know what to tell you on the the vaccines or anything uh, but we can't trust the government, and somewhere down the road it's going to come out, and it's going to be like Camp Lejeune well, all over again with the water there. I'm going to play it again. We played it yesterday, Dr. Peter McCullough, talking about myocarditis and small children because they're trying to make you get the vaccine for kids as young as six months now. Listen. Well, we do hear a lot of stories of young people suddenly dying. Shouldn't we be looking into this? I mean, we you talk about myocarditis as a side effect. And what gets me, Dr. Peter McCullough, is when you know we started first hearing about myocarditis, it was framed as just mild cases of myocarditis. Myocarditis is not mild. You're correct. 
most of the series reporting on this, including those by Tracy Hogue and others, have reported that you know 80 to 90 percent of the children are hospitalized with this. This is a very serious condition. Hospitalization, by definition, is a serious adverse event, uh, and we know it can uh, cause fatal cases of myocarditis. Patone and colleagues recently in circulation reported on a hundred fatal cases. So parents are losing their children due to myocarditis and heart damage. It forms a scar in the heart, and then the children suddenly collapse and many times can't be resuscitated. What's very alarming is at least half of these cases are subclinical, meaning the children don't feel the heart damage and the first manifestation is sudden death. Yet Fauci says this. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic, in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. So if they invented a vaccine that can give you myocarditis, even if it's in a a percentage of our population, not everybody, mm-hmm. you would think that they would they would have some concern about that and they would uh, suggest uh, pulling it aside for the time being. I mean, to some people... It appears to be deadly, Bill. Oh, yeah. Look, look, there are a lot of things out there that are, we don't know where they came from. There's a SARS virus out there now or that has a lot of strange uh, symptoms and conditions that can't be treated. There is a, you know, people get the flu, they get pneumonia, you know, and you sit there. But there's a virus. Well, I'll get some antibiotics. Oh, some bad news for you. The current uh, version of it, antibiotics don't work. Now, where did all this crap come from? It, it, it's reared its head in the past two years, and especially in the past year. Where did it all come from, and well, why is it so deadly all of a sudden? We heard about those 40 uh, sites in the Ukraine where they're making bio-warfare, places that are similar to that place in, the, in China, the Wuhan lab, yeah. Now, what country is behind those biolabs, though, in uh, United Ukraine? States? Oh, that's yeah. That's well, us. And, and it is it is uh, a violation to do biological warfare. Is that uh, not true? Well, then I guess the technic. If you want to be technical about it, it's being done by people in the Ukraine, not being done on our. Although we did have a lab right here in Baltimore that mm-hmm. uh, was known for its bio warfare. And they, uh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, you probably would recognize it if I could remember it, but I can't. Uh, but well, let me give you two universities that have played around with the uh, the viruses originally, down at North Carolina State, uh, in, what is it, NCU or whatever they call it. But anyway, the, the, down there, the university, and some students were killed with it too when they were cleaning the the bat cages, and then uh, what up in Boston, Boston University. Um, Yes, and yeah. they're playing around with it. And of course, well, it's all for research, of course. Yes, yes, yes. To well, see you, would, we can find, you, uh, you would think, Bill, that they would forget making new viruses. The world should be thinking about cr- creating remedies for the viruses that already exist on our planet instead of trying well, to know, morph things into more dangerous viruses. That kind of research shouldn't take place in a college campus. Oh, it should not. It you should know, not place. It no, shouldn't it take, should not because... Yeah, uh, my my kid's gonna go to uh, Boston University. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're gonna pay. I'm gonna pay sixty thousand dollars a year to send my kid to BU so he can be right next to a bio warfare lab <laughs> where somebody goes, "Oops!" Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's what happens after the oops that'll get you. You know, <laughs> isn't that the truth? Oops! Oh, <laughs> you have to wonder whether there's something else happening in our world that is bigger and beyond our borders. I mean, the mere fact that we have no more borders here anymore, the mere fact that we're developing these these viruses around the world. And I hear other people talking about uh, another pandemic coming along soon. Now, we didn't have a pandemic for 100 years. We had one in, mm-hmm. in uh, 1918. Then we had one yeah. in 2021. It's almost like there's really another agenda out there. You know, the, the, the World Economic Organization 
wants to control the world population and downsize it. It does. But here in the United States, you know, we're, we're looking at viruses that can take us out, but yet we're replacing people with uh, illegal immigrants. It's like population replacement. You know, it's, it's uh, what was that uh, movie of uh, the invasion of the pods or whatever it was, you know, you know the, where the pods you must, would show you, up. And you, then... you see some incredible movies. I don't know what, you, what channel you're watching, Bill. but The it, Body Snatchers. Oh, the invasion, of, the invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's been yeah, done where the pods would come yeah. out. Oh, <laughs> they're, <Yeah. laughs> they're to replace me. Yeah, I watch things like Gone with the Wind. So what can you um Yeah, right. Sure you do. <laughs> We talk movies all the time. You go, that's and true. we trade movies to watch. Yeah, so. That's true. Hey, there was a poll out. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we're running short on time, but this is important. So with Trump out there and everyone, the news is going on. Nobody wants Trump. Ah, no, 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 no. There's other contenders out there. Okay. Let's take a look at DeSantis, Pence, Cheney, Cruz, Haley, and uh, what? Uh, what is the Hogue? All right. Well, in a, in a recent poll, Hogue came in. With 1% of the people saying, yeah, I'd go with Hogue. Uh, Haley, 3%. Cruz, 3%. Cheney, ah, here you go. Miss January 6th, 4%. Uh, uh, Pence, that's a man. Pence, 8%. DeSantis, he's got 25%. He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Trump, 55%. Yeah, and he's not even trying yet. He's not even trying. You know what I was going to say, Bill, one more thing before we, we wrap this up about this vaccine and people dying and how the, mm -hmm. there's an element in our, in our world that would like to see our population shrink. Wouldn't it be a good mm -hmm. start if they made a vaccine that was programmed to take out 25% or 20% or of the people get it? And maybe it takes out the youth. It takes, it, maybe it's more prevalent in youth. What is the part of our population that is uh, procreate? It's the youth. It's the, they're the right. ones who have the babies and families and things like that. So if you take out a, a segment, our future, yeah, uh, then you are you have an effective plan in place if you want to see our population shrink. Well, here you go. You know, they say it was the youth. Tomorrow's our future. Uh, it, they say it was them that uh, carry the Democrats. They say it's the women that carry the Democrats. Gee, who are the two people in the population being targeted right now, you know, from a vaccine? Our youth and our women. So you actually have it on your shoulders to do something about it because I'm just an old guy. What do I know? Hopefully we can talk about this tomorrow. This, uh, you hear us talk about child trafficking and we, huh. we hear about things like pedophilia. There is a large segment a larger segment than you can imagine in our society that participates in this activity. And they are very much into pedophilia. They're trying to change it. Uh, they're trying to make it more uh, appealing and more uh, acceptable. And I forgot the term they use, but they're not using the word pedophilia. They're trying to make it sound uh, it's kinder and gentler. And I'll think of it hopefully before tomorrow's show. But I only mention this, Bill, because there's a company called Balenciaga, high-end stuff. Oh, I've heard of them. High-end yeah. stuff. They are running ads right now, and in the ads you have small children posing with uh, toys that have fetish clothing on, and they're posed in positions that they uh, that shouldn't are, be. They shouldn't be. Yeah, I'm trying to say this in a nice way. Uh, they yeah, also, that's the nicest way you can say One it. of the ads has on, on the bed where they take a picture, if you zoom in on, the, on a folder, you'll see... A document that talks about the document is an actual transcript from a trial about pedophilia, and I guess uh, it was a it was a document. I'm not sure whether it was pro or con, but they have it on the on the bed in the ad, and if you zoom in, you can see it. And uh, there's something going on, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, hopefully on tomorrow's show. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, but that's another thirty minutes, so we'll wait. We'll do it tomorrow. Hey, buddy, have a great day. Oh, we we're not doing a show tomorrow, are we? It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving, and nobody wants to hear this crap, even though there's a lot of crap to talk about. Yeah. We want you to enjoy your Thanksgiving, your meal, and uh, you know what? If it was really, really good, take pictures, send it to us at. Uh, well, where's what is our mail? Mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com, or do we have one at mail at CRN America? 
Facebook.com? Yes, we do. Yeah. So there you go. And also or we have a phone number. Yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's uh, 833-538-7868. That number go. again yeah, for out-of-town calls, dial Lackawanna. No, call 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a blessed Thanksgiving. Even though there are things that are upsetting going on in the world, think of the things that are good, your family, the people that you love, and the good things that have that have happened over the past year in your life. And there are good things. Hug your children, hug, hug your wife, hug your husband. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, buddy, and I'll, I'll see you. I'll talk to you. I'll be talking to you before. Yeah, we'll talk. We yes. always talk. Yeah. Yes. Those we're, two we're, guys talk we're, a lot. We're, you know? big, we're big talkers. By what the way, today's show, yes. today's show brought to you by my mouth with one <laughs> convenient location to save you. <laughs> uh, uh, you're incorrigible, I'll tell you. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.